You know I'm gonna get you, yeah, whatever it takes to get there. What in the blue hell is going on with the Los Angeles Lakers? That is the story. We are going to figure it out today here on the Basement Talk Podcast. Ed Burt's all Jake's mode. Jake, what's up? It's up. Glad to be back on this great radio program as always. Looking forward to it. Big weekend ahead. No, Covington versus Masvidal. Yeah. Let's go Colby. Let's go Colby. Col- Colby's going to win. We don't need to discuss that. Colby no. will win. And uh, yeah, man. Let's go Colby. I'm excited. I'm excited. It's going to be a hell of a fight. It's it's a true beef. That That's what I like about it. It's like a lot of manufactured yeah. beef in the fight game. And this is a true beef. This, is, this will be something we have not really seen before. And... I'm all here for it, but I think the line is pretty indicative of what will probably happen, and that is Colby just fighting the way he usually does. As long as he doesn't get caught, it, it can happen, but um, yeah, man, I just don't think Masvidal has the gas tank to go five rounds with that guy, especially no. if you saw his last fight against Kamara Usman. Uh, there's there's no quit in, in Colby Covington, uh, so – yeah, I'm I'm curious. Maybe maybe you'll know um, more than I will. Do you know what the uh, what the line is for uh, Col- for that fight? Colby is a minus three thirty favorite. Wow, wow, that's crazy. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, Masvidal's a live dog, but I think it's indicative, man. I mean, he got his lights turned off against Kamara Usman the last time yeah. he was out there. It's tough to come back from, and Colby looked great against Usman. Arguably, could have won that fight, in my opinion. And yeah, Colby is you could say what you want about the guy. You can love him or hate him, but that guy has a lot of tools, man. He's just really developed into a really well-rounded fighter. The kickboxing's come a long way. He's, he's always had the wrestling. He's always had the cardio, and it's it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see how this one goes, but I, I think I kind of know how it's going to go. I got Colby by decision. I was going to say, I, I think the bet for that one would probably be Colby Masvidal to go the distance. Um, Yes, but I don't know if George can really go that far to be honest with you probably not it, it could be a t- it could be a tko re- it could be a submission but just thinking about it, it it could just be colby could drag it out it doesn't necessarily have the the knockout power that a oh, guy that's like a, Usman has but yeah it's just a lot of shots but masvidal man listen if you get knocked out like that it's tough i, I really haven't seen too many guys just get completely knocked out cold the way Masvidal did and come back and, and win in a big way. It's I'm yeah. sure it's happened before, but usually a knockout like that, it's the beginning of the end. We've, we've seen it with a lot of people in the fight game. You saw it with the, the one that really comes to mind for me is Ronda Rousey when she got knocked out against Holly Holm. She came back, got destroyed. You saw yeah, it. And, I mean. and now, and now she's going to, uh, to main event WrestleMania. Is she? I didn't even, I didn't even know that. Yep. That is, that is currently the plan. It's a good career for her. Hey, I mean the uh, the Royal Rumble for WWE. The two winners were two ex UFC stars. It was a Rousey, Rousey, Brock. and who? Brock. 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 Oh man, Brock Lesnar. I adore Brock. Would love to see Brock Lesnar back in the year. It won't happen, but I adore Brock. I I, I love the man. Love, yeah, love, too. love the man. Me too. So outside of uh, talking about the Los Angeles Lakers and the shit show that they are, we are going to be. Uh, joined by Adam, who uh, him and I will be discussing uh, the pending sale of Chelsea Football Club by their owner, Robin Abramovich. Of course, his ties to the Russian elite, 
most notably his ties to Russian President Vladimir Putin. And of course, Putin being the most unpopular human being on this planet right now, uh, not a good look. And now with the UK freezing all Russian assets in the UK, Abramovich has had to sell Chelsea. We'll get more uh, info with Adam in just a little while. And then at the end of the show, as promised last week, when we talked about sleeper picks for the tournament, we're going to be talking about top-end teams that could potentially disappoint in the tournament, teams that could be knocked out a bit earlier than maybe some would project. And then, of course, at the end of the show, brand new segment. Thank you, Jake, for coming up with it. We're going to be doing some top five. But first, death, taxes, Portland, Oregon, deep sleeper. Jake, your deep sleeper, please. Deep sleeper for me will be, hear me out here on this one. Yep. And they'll be the show. Let me, let me explain. It will be interesting to see what they do with the game this year, to say the least. Obviously, we all know the story with baseball and the lockout and how they're already canceling games. It will be interesting to see how that goes with the game and how they kind of manufacture something with the lockout. Usually a lot of the content in the game is just in-season updates, new things for Diamond Dynasty, Without a season, I we kind of saw it during COVID. I guess they they might have a little bit of a test run with this. It just will be interesting. And honestly, it might get a lot of people through not having baseball, right? You still have the video game that comes out, and it, it might help out a lot of people as we're missing baseball to start off the season. So it's a deep sleeper. I think a lot. Of, I think it will be a little bit more popular than years past the game. I, literally, you took my deep sleeper, hence why I, I didn't suggest that we were going to be talking about baseball. Um, I was going to say Rob Manfred is my deep sleeper for being the most unpopular human being on the planet next to Vladimir Putin at this moment. Um, so we could just have a, a just a blank baseball discussion right now because we're obviously very much on the same path here. Um, obviously, there has been no CBA agreed. Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, announced that the uh, that some regular season games will be canceled, including opening day at this point in time. I mean, wow. Just – as bad of a look as humanly possible for major league baseball and each side has a position for sure. And people are going to pick a side. Odds are most people are going to side with the not billionaires. They're going to side with the millionaires instead of the billionaires. Damn. So really the, 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 it falls on deaf ears for me personally. Um, I don't feel bad for it for really anybody. I feel bad more for the people that actually watch the sport that consume the sport that enjoy it. And those are the ones that are that are really suffering. It's not the billions, the billionaires and millionaires that are fighting over dollars right now. And to me, to me, it's it's pathetic. Whatever way you look at it, it's a black eye for baseball, and it's going to be even more unpopular than it probably already was leading into this. Because now, who, who knows where this goes from here? And now that this deadline is passed. There's no real, there's no real set date for when an agreement has to be had. It could go on and on and on for as long as humanly possible with no end date in sight. It, I really, it's just the, they, they're so far apart, man. It's just like, it's not like they're close. If they were close, they would have gotten a deal done. That's Absolutely. The thing. They are not as close as that whole report was all bogus. That was all just the owners trying to feed information to reporters. They're not even close. The players will tell you they're not even close. And 
it's just tricky because you have a guy in Rob Manfred who the urgency isn't there. He's a businessman. He know to, to him this is just a business and just some company. He doesn't understand that this affects people and he doesn't he's ruthless enough to not really care about their livelihoods as long as his ultimate goal which is like being the CEO of a company which I guess he is but you know you need to take other aspects to this negotiation process process and account and he's just not doing that so I, I have no confidence that a deal will be done will there be a season I think so I'm not ready to write off the season yet but I would say middle of June we're looking at we're, we're looking at about a 70 game season this year in my opinion a COVID year we're, COVID we're looking year. we're looking at a COVID year and, all over and, again and honestly it's getting to the point where you almost kind of would sign up for that if that meant baseball being played because you can't have a season where it's like 30 or 40 games. If it gets like to that point where we're starting in like August, why even bother? Agreed. Why even I, bother? I completely agree. It, it comes down to, to that the league, the league will want to make as much money back as they possibly can because they know they're in a financial downfall right now. And I mean, I guess I, I, I get it. I, I get it to a point. But again, it, it's it's just like I can't I can't feel bad. Billionaires versus multimillionaires. I to me it just I, while I care because I love baseball, I love watching baseball. I've played baseball my basically my entire childhood life. I love the game, but at the same time, I can't feel bad. For people who already have loads of money, the game, the game could die out tomorrow. And these people are all going to be set for life. Like, yeah, again, I said it on last week's program. When you have Garrett Cole, who's making 300 plus million dollars a year, and he's the one at the bargaining table for the players. I can't feel bad. I really can't. Yeah. I just feel worse for the fans, to be honest with you. It's really the fans that I kind of sympathize with. But in terms of that, no. But, yeah, man, I think the show, getting back to what I'm saying, is I think the show will be a pretty popular game this year. I don't know why. I feel like a a lot of people, especially now that it's on all the platforms, you know, me being a lifelong show player on PlayStation, I I love playing these kids on Xbox. Because they suck. It's like taking their lunch money. really is. So. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. Uh, April, I believe April 5th is the uh, release date. I already got it pre-ordered and everything. So looking forward I, to another nice year. Last year's game was a little eh. A little yeah, eh. My, my, kid, my kid brother was saying that last year's game was was, was not that great. But the, the, uh, the COVID year was a great game. They did a good job the COVID year. That was the last year before it came over to all platforms, correct? Correct. Yes. Yes, I, I had heard that it was a uh, quite quite a game so uh as promised we are going to bring in adam for our discussion about roman abramovich about chelsea so we will be right back with adam transition and welcome back to the basement talk podcast as promised we are here with adam adam say hello to the people hello people how are you sir i'm doing well i'm doing well it's interesting that you got two people who are fans of rivals to talk about Chelsea's potential downfall. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 
before we before we get into the uh, the nooks and crannies of, of of this, on a scale of one to ten, how happy are you that this that this has happened? Just from a pure sense of fuck Chelsea. About solid nine. I would say I'm a solid nine point five as well. Uh, I'm quite thrilled. Quite thrilled. So for everyone that is uh, unaware, the uh, subject of conversation for right now is going to be the uh, pending sale of Chelsea Football Club. Their owner, Roman Abramovich, uh, announced today, Wednesday, that he was going to be uh, selling the the London-based club. They're worth about $3.2 billion, and it seems like that the price that he is going to command for Chelsea is going to be somewhere in the range of $2.5 billion. Um, Hans-Jörg Weiss, a Swiss billionaire who's 86, which is kind of kind of crazy that an 86-year-old with just endless time on his hands is going to say, you know what, I'm just going to buy myself a team. Why not? Is apparently one of the um, one of the one of the interested parties uh, in this, along with an American-backed uh, consortium. And if you want to believe it, Conor McGregor could be interested in oh my God. Chelsea. Will not happen. Will not happen in in, in a million in a million years. Um, Just Conor McGregor, or like, is it going to be like a Derek Jeter, or like a Magic Johnson scenario where it's like Derek Jeter or Magic Johnson has like part ownership and it's part of a group? Because I don't think Conor McGregor has two and a half billion dollars just lying around. There was a screenshot that was posted where Conor McGregor said that he would be interested in buying Chelsea. Now, what exactly that means? is up for debate, but it said that he would be, he would be interested. Frankly, now, I think he, there's a better chance of Connor McDavid buying Chelsea. Um, well, McGregor definitely has the, has the, has the money to participate in a purchase, but I don't know if he could do it on, on his own. Um, but obviously the sale of, of Chelsea comes from uh, the ongoing Situation in Ukraine. Abramovich is one of uh, one of the close associates of Vladimir Putin. Uh, not the most popular guy in the world at this present moment, and the, all of the Western countries have basically frozen all Russian assets in in their country, and that is what's happened at Chelsea with Abramovich. It's also what's happened at Everton with their. Uh, majority, uh, I would say, I'm not going to say shareholder because he's not the shareholder, but the man who basically is responsible for the money that comes into the club, yeah, Isher Usmanov, who was uh, at one point the number two shareholder at Arsenal before Stan Kroenke completely bought him out. Um, he's now heavily involved in Everton, and now there are, uh, there are concerns from Everton's point of view that Usmanov might have to sell his shares. And with the uh, pending new stadium that Everton are trying to build, funded, of course, by Usmanov, that could be a little bit of a problem. So, well, that's not the first, it'll not be the first time we're talking about a uh, stadium issue with a team that it could be dealing with divestments that also wears blue primarily. No, no, not the first time. Just, just now it's coming from Russian money, which now is no good in this, uh, in this current geopolitical climate that we live in so uh adam your uh, your initial thoughts sir on uh 
on what has happened here, the stunning end to a, a truly successful period of Chelsea Football Club where Abramovich took them from being almost bankrupt to winning the Champions League twice, winning the Premier League countless times, being one of the most successful Premier League clubs within the span of the last 18 years when he took over in 2003. Well, it's certainly an end of an era because Roman Abramovich really started off the trend of big money being infused into English football. And he was the guy that was like, I don't want to say he bought championships, but he bought championships. He kind of bought championships. You, you, you can't say that. You can't say that because that is, that is what your, uh, your, your, your team does, but well, he bought them. listen, I mean, he bought championships, but also had, we have like a, like not only did he buy championships in the, in, in the immediate fallout of his takeover of Chelsea, but he also laid the foundation for them to succeed in the future much like Shape and Sore is doing or did at Manchester City. I'm just saying, I know you're giving me that smirk. But no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. Where he's building out the, where he built out the academy there. They have a ton of young players and they've always had training ground, of, I believe, as well. Improvements yeah. to their existing stadium, financial backing. I mean, just based on the last two summers alone, they've gone and they've spent. 100 plus million on Timo, Timo Werner, um, Kai Havertz, who Kai Havertz won them a Champions League. Um, you know, the funds that they brought in with Thiago Silva, Ben Chilwell, they spent 75 million on a left back in, 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 in Bel- Ben Chilwell. I mean, by the way, Arsenal spent 25 million on the best left back in the Premier League, Kieran Tierney. But that's the, be, uh, the, completely, completely not the point. Unrelated. Uh, unrelated. Very, very unrelated. I just like to take my shots every every now and again. I mean, hey, Chelsea can, all the Chelsea fans now can go back and they can go back to supporting the teams that they supported for 2003. Well, I don't think so. I don't think that's that's the case. I think Roman Abramovich obviously left Chelsea in a better place than when he bought them. Since he bought them for $140 million, which is less than Neymar... And Kylian Mbappe's transfer transfers to PSG, which is crazy. Yep. That's in 2003. And now he's going to be selling them at 2.5 for 2.5 billion potentially. And I wouldn't be surprised if that number is lower because Roman, Abram- Roman Abramovich has no leverage at this point. You know, he's afraid that the UK and parliament in England is going to go after Chelsea and force him to divest. Correct. And if so, they have, if they haven't started to do that already. Right. And so, yeah, he has absolutely no leverage in this regard. And I think one thing, and this is why I referenced with the stadium thing before Chelsea has been talking about renovating or building a new Stanford bridge for a while now. And they just haven't found like a feasible way to do it. And that's something that, uh, the new owner, whoever it is, is going to have to figure out because I think we're seeing this a lot where, you know, these football stadiums are old. They're, some of them are decrepit. 
and they need to, and some of them need to either be renovated or they need to build new ones. Like, you know, uh, Manchester United and Liverpool have renovated Old Trafford and Anfield. Uh, Man City, you know, we tore down Main Road like almost 15, no, longer than 15 years ago and opened up the uh, city of Manchester Stadium, now known as the Etihad, in 2003. Uh, Tottenham just opened up their new stadium. Everton's trying to angle their new stadium. Arsenal. Arsenal moved from Highbury. Yes, exactly. So it's something that aside from, I think the, the team itself is in a good place where the new order doesn't really have to worry about it as much. But one thing that's really going to be a factor in the future, in the immediate future of Chelsea is Stanford Bridge and what they're going to do about that. Well, I think from a, from a footballing sense, I, th- I think Chelsea are probably going to be fine. Um, Better check is basically the he he runs the football side of things for uh, for the club and he'll be responsible for uh, for transfers and 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 dealing with squad situations. Him and, and most likely it'll be um, manager Thomas Tuchel in, involved as well. Well, that'll be uh, interesting to see if like new owners come in and they try and clean house because you see that happen a lot of the time, for good or for bad. It's quite possible. It's quite possible that they that they decide they're going to to, to clean house eventually. Um, I just kind of have this sense, and this is this is just me, that whomever the new ownership is, I think they're going to be content with with what they have. I mean, obviously Chelsea are, are very successful. They're going to be in the top four again. They'll be in the champions league next year that the defending world champions at, at the moment. So, you know, I think from, from a footballing sense, I, I think Chelsea are, are, are going to be fine. I, I will be curious, however, maybe not in the next two years, maybe in the next three or four years, what this ownership group is able to do, because it's, it's, there's no possible way unless you you have a Newcastle situation happen with Chelsea where you have an independent sovereign nation that is going to come in and buy the club. And and I know it's not what Newcastle say happened, but that is exactly what happened. I don't know how you could say that this is level with what they had with Abramovich because uh, Hans-Jörg Weiss, his net worth is just as a shade over 4 billion. Roman Abramovich's net value is fourteen billion. So, I mean, how, how, you, I don't see how it's possible for there to be any step up from this. Like I said, unless there is something like a Newcastle situation where the Saudis are coming in and taking over. Well, I think we might be out of sovereign nations. I don't know. There is. I don't know. I don't think. I don't know if there's any because we haven't really heard anything, any rumors of that sort of thing happening. So <laughs> I think it's probably going to be, oh well, poor Chelsea is going to have to spend within their means, you know, and be a. You middle. are not the one to talk about spending within your means. I'm just saying. Listen, yeah. they won't be able. They won't be able to go and spend a hundred million on a striker and then take a loss on him. And then just write it off as nothing. 
like they spent 50, 50 some odd million on Timo Werner hasn't worked. What do they do? They went out and spent 90 million on Romelu Lukaku hasn't worked. So, and now most likely this summer, if Lukaku wants to leave and go back to Inter, then they're going to have to go spend another 80, 90 million to go sign somebody else. It's just a cycle that just keeps on repeating itself. That was the Chelsea way under, under Abramovich. And they were, they were still very successful. So obviously, you know, that, that worked. But now sure. with what they have, yeah. what they're going to have, it, it, it cannot possibly be level where money is not an object to, not just an object to Chelsea Football Club. It actually means something. Well, I think that we're going to see more from Chelsea in the out in the out box, like an even amount of players in the out box as the inbox, because you know Chelsea and teams like Chelsea and Man City and PSG, they don't necessarily need to sell players to raise funds. Correct. And under this new ownership, whoever it is, that might be a possibility where they would need to sell somebody that they're high on that. I don't know, God forbid for them, like Christian Pulisic or they uh, sell high on Mason Mount. But like that, I'm not. That would freeze over. But I I, I get the point. I'm just saying. Or Ben Chilwell. I don't know. But like they would have to sell money. They would have to sell players to recoup funds to buy more players like every other club does it. Yeah. Yeah. And, And they should be able to do it because they have a. A sterling reputation so it, it's not like it's it's not like that that chelsea are going to be oh so completely different they're gonna to have to resort to their means like every other club does it you have to sell in order to generate funds and then whatever funds you have you're then able to go and improve your squad or you qualify for these big competitions. Like if they, if they when they they qualify for Europe, which they're they're going to, they're going to be in the Champions League again. They'll get a nice, significant amount of funds from that, and I'm sure that they'll be able to to make a splash that way. And then, like you said, whatever sales are going to happen in the summer, because I'm sure there's going to be players with the, with the new ownership that are going to say, you know what, I'm not going to stick around. There could be too much turmoil here. That's very possible. Yeah, and I think that we might see more of a utilization of all the players that Chelsea sends on loan. I know that they've kind of reworked loan the loan FC. system. They, they've reworked the loan system a little bit where they can't send as many players on loan. But I think that Chelsea, kind of like when they had that uh, transfer ban a couple of years back, where they're going to be using a lot more of their their younger players because they didn't have the ability to buy reinforcements i feel so sorry for them to actually have to use young players oh it's foreign foreign idea foreign idea um the one thing that i also did did want to talk about uh with you before we uh before we go and start talking about the lakers with with jake is the sale of chelsea the funds of whatever sale happened are going to be donated to a Ukrainian relief fund that is according What's to the profits? in this, the, the profits of the sale gas will be put towards a Ukrainian relief according to Abramovich in a statement that he released on Wednesday. I, I don't want to be this guy, but I'm oh, going to be this guy. I don't like where you're going with this. 
to me, it just falls. It, it just falls on deaf ears. He's a friend of Vladimir Putin, and he's going to put whatever sale, whatever is generated from this sale, towards Ukrainian relief. Like to me, I, I, I don't know. Like I can't, I can't sit here and say, oh, oh, Roman, that is just an absolutely amazing thing that you're doing. I, I, I can't, I can't say it. Well, here's the thing. I feel like, listen, we're friends. We yeah. don't agree on things all the time. Oh, we, no. No. That's one of the hallmarks of our show is that we don't agree on things. Fair, yes. Yes. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you were looking for a response. Yes. <laughs> but I think that maybe Abramovich doesn't agree with uh, Russia invading Ukraine. Because it seems like it's an incredibly unpopular move and people are trying to like dance around it. I mean, listen, the cynic in me is like, well, he's just doing this for good PR. I'm that is read, the cynic in me. I'm going to read you a tweet. This is from Transfer News that I, that I saw on Twitter today. I follow them. They are very, very, very reliable. But this is more of an op-ed tweet based on fact. And I couldn't love this enough times. So this is the tweet, and I quote, Roman Abramovich owns the company supplying steel to build Russia's tanks for the invasion of Ukraine, but has painted himself as the good guy by setting up a foundation to aid Ukraine. If you're stupid enough to fall for his PR horseshit, then there's no helping you, close quote. Okay. And I think it's bang on. I think it's bang on. I mean, listen, when I first read that, my gut reaction, because, you know, we were as school a school journalist. Yeah, is bullshit detector. Yep. You know, I was like, this is not. This is wrong. This is weird. Why is he doing that? It is. It, it is. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Now, could he just have like a a, a come to Jesus moment and say, you know what, I'm going to do the right thing? Yeah, it's quite possible. It's quite possible. And I could be very very cynical. Absolutely. But Adam, you said it yourself. I am trained enough in the art of PR and the art of journalism and the art of street smarts that when I smell bullshit, I call it out. And to me, it reeks of it. This whole thing just reeks. Uh, it reeks of very foul, odorous bullshit, personally. Yeah, it's set off a couple alarm bells. I'll be honest. I want to see the good in people, but also just reflex like as a reflex i i see the bullshit in that it's very clear to me and you know hopefully um hopefully all will all will work out with uh well i shouldn't say hopefully all will work out i hope chelsea burns to the fucking ground for all i care well okay also last thing yeah regardless of what of the intentions money is still money yes if he's setting up a foundation for to help um you know refugees in ukraine or in the recovery effort in ukraine then that's great money is money regardless of the intentions but sure. i think that the intentions are really the thing that we have a problem with or the the motive behind it yes yes that is that is where my issue lies is okay. 
you've done something about it. You've done something about this problem. Okay, great. But to me, it all falls on deaf ears when you're still making money from everything that's going on. So you could put out there, oh, I'm so against this. I'm so just terribly against this. This is so bad. But you're accepting all this money that you're making from, from the steel, from the steel that is used to create Russian tanks. And those Russian tanks are being sent right into fucking Ukraine. And that is where my problem, where my real issue lies. Uh, Adam, thank you very much for uh, for coming on and, and discussing uh, Abramovich with me. Uh, hopefully Chelsea burns to the ground. I would love it, sincerely. And um, yeah, don't forget to uh, catch Adam and I on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. That episode is available for you right now. So go check it out. Adam and I do some, uh, do some player debates on that episode. And uh, so now it's time for Jake and I to go talk about the, uh, the Lakers. So- Back to the show. And we are back. So, Jake, let's talk about the Los Angeles Lakers and the absolute shit show that the Los Angeles Lakers are. Right now, they sit in the play-in tournament. That's for now. For now. But 27 and 34. Seven games off of 500. Ninth in the West and are really, really looking down the barrel of potentially having a dogfight on their hands to even stay in this when you have the San Antonio Spurs, the Portland Trailblazers, the New Orleans Pelicans, all very much in this discussion for the final two spots in this play-in tournament. So I want to ask you, first first and foremost, I know uh, you've had your, uh, your opinions about the franchise ruiner that is LeBron James. Uh, we will most certainly get to that. But what has happened with the Los Angeles Lakers? They're not very good. <laughs> that you didn't nothing really happened. They just weren't very good to begin this season, in my opinion. And it gets to a point now, they're not making the playoffs. With Anthony Davis, I say yes, they make the playoffs at least. That's at least a plan. But no Anthony Davis for about another four weeks, and that's on the generous side of things. We saw the injury, didn't look good. I don't think they make the playoffs with what they have. I think they would be better off doing what the Knicks did with Kemba Walker and just tell Russell Westbrook, hey, that's it. We'll find you a trade in the offseason. You just got DJ Augustine in here, who I like, who I wanted for Brooklyn, but Jay Goran Dragic is fine. It's a comparable player, but you get the gist here. I think with him, you're, you're better off playing him at this rate than Russell Westbrook. And I am being 1,000% honest. Whatever it is with Russell Westbrook, do I think he's this bad as he's showing this season? No, but it just hasn't worked with the Lakers. Why doesn't he just sit the rest of the season out? It will work best for both parties, Westbrook and the team. And this offseason, you work on a trade, you go elsewhere. That That's number one. And then outside of that, man, you have LeBron James and a bunch of aging veterans. Who, who on this Lakers team outside of, let's just say, the guy they just brought, who is a good number two option with Anthony Davis out. Who's the number two over there outside of LeBron James? You traded away Kyle Kuzma. Maybe Malik Monk, who was even in the league at the beginning of the season. Uh, No, exactly. Like, what are we doing here, man? And you traded away Kyle Kuzma for now. Here's the thing about LeBron James though, that people don't understand kicked Brandon Ingram out of town, 
look at him in New Orleans. I think he's done pretty well outside. He's a star. He's away, a star. From Lebr- away from LeBron James. Kicked Kyle Kuzma out of town. We all thought Kyle Kuzma couldn't play. Agreed. And he's doing great with the Washington oh, Wizards. He looks like he can be a star. Yes. Not saying and, he is He is yet, but it looks like he can be. Yes. And to, and to a lesser extent, we all thought Andre Drummond was washed up goods at the end of last season. We thought he couldn't play anymore. I'm, t- I'm here to tell you right now, he most certainly can still play. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. He's, he's a double-double guy a night for the Nets. Yeah, so this whole notion of LeBron James makes everybody better, maybe at one point I would agree, but he he's not that guy anymore. At 37 years old, he's just not the guy that will carry a team to the playoffs. Like we saw this with Cleveland, where he would, where he, especially his last year in Cleveland, where he took that group of misfits to the finals. That that was a bad team. He, yeah, at 33, yes, LeBron could do that. 33, 34, the oldest. But now he can't do that. And that's why with no Anthony Davis, I don't see this team making the post, the, even the play in game. Yeah, it, look, they, the losers of three in a row. They really had a chance because Dallas really tried to give away their game on Tuesday night. Dallas posting 15 points in the third quarter. Just absurd. But Dallas tried to give away that game to the Lakers, and they still couldn't couldn't win the game at home, at home, at whatever it's, whatever it is now, Bitcoin.com Arena, whatever the, whatever the fuck it is. Um, it, they have a real fight on their hands because, honestly, you look at the Pelicans. The Pelicans have been great with C.J. McCollum, 6-4 and four in their last 10. McCollum has come in. He's completely changed that entire team. And they, is they, Zion going to play or? Well, that's an entire that's an entirely different discussion. They get they get Zion back, and you could say maybe maybe on on the on the extreme extreme good side, you get ten games, ten good games out of Zion, then maybe maybe something possibly. And then with the Blazers, they're a good team. I, I don't think I don't think they're like a wow sort of thing. And the Spurs, the Spurs are an interesting one because they have Popovich. He could coach any team in the league and they'll get results. This is a young team. DeJounta Murray is, in my estimation, he's one of the best guards in the NBA that absolutely nobody talks about. You don't hear a peep from anybody talking about DeJounta Murray as a very good, if not great, point guard. He is. He made the he all-star is. team. I mean, that that's something right there. Yeah, like J- made- Jalen Brown to me is – yeah, him and Jalen Brown, I agree. Yeah, Jalen Brown is a great one because oversha- overshadowed by Tatum, Jalen Brown, and then with Jonathan Murray on a terrible Spurs team. I think, in my estimation, if you were to say to me right now, with 60-odd games played in the NBA season, that in 22 games – we are going to see the Pelicans, the Blazers, or the Spurs leapfrog the Lakers and the Lakers finish as the 11th or 12th seed in the West. I would not be surprised in the slightest. I like Portland to take that spot, especially if Damian Lillard comes back at some point this year with Anthony Simons. And Nur- oh, Nurkic was a big injury for them too, so maybe. Yeah. But I just think the Lakers are really bad, and they look like a team that's checked out. They know that it's just not their year, and – do they even have their first? They have their first round. No, they don't actually, right? No, they, they don't. Trade, they don't have a first round pick this year. Is it protected at all? Like lottery protected or? I believe it might be. Yeah. So 
it, it just seems like a team that just wants the season to be over. Rob Palenka will probably be out of a job at the end of the season. From oh, all for sure. That him and LeBron, the, te- the team that LeBron James put together isn't any good. So, of course, it's not LeBron's fault. It has to be somebody else's fault. You know, Frank Vogel will be a scapegoat. And they'll, they'll probably run it back at the end of uh, – at in the beginning of next season. But to be quite honest with you, I think what that team really needs to do is probably look to trade Anthony Davis right now while he has that value where you can get the return or comparable return to what you gave up for Anthony Davis because when's he played a full season? You would have to really think long and hard for when Anthony Davis has played a full season. So that that's just a team that just needs to press the reset button and – I'm sure LeBron, he'll say now, of course, what's he going to say? I'm leaving, but that's, that just feels like the how, how LeBron leaves the team. Just feels that way, and we'll see where LeBron goes next because I guarantee you he's not retiring a Laker if this continues. If he wants to win again, that is. So Anthony Davis has – he had one full season, which I believe may have been COVID year, 2019-2020, 62 out of 62. And then outside of that, he has never played a full season. That is, he has never he has never he has never played eighty two games. Yeah, like what are we doing here? The close the closest was 2017-2018, where he started seventy five of seventy five for the Pelicans. You trade him, and then Boston, you're out there. There you go. Here's your chance to rewrite the wrong and get Anthony Davis to play with Jason Tatum. I'm sure you might have to give a Jalen Brown in that trade, but you kind of live with that at this rate. For sure. And, and, and honestly, I mean, Jake, you might, you might call me a little bit crazy. Uh, I know maybe some people will be screaming at me uh, through their, through their uh, listening devices at the, at this moment. But if the New York Knicks were to make an offer for Anthony Davis, no, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah, no. Well, I, I the Knicks, it, like I, like I say to you all the time, how are they getting anybody of stardom without giving up RJ Barrett. They don't have another young player to say, here you go. I mean, you potentially could have, you could have Quentin Grimes. You could. Oh, bro. Come on. You don't think another team can top Quentin, Quentin as, a, as, a, as the best player that you're giving up is Quentin Grimes. No, no, you, I, you no. can't now. I mean, it's, look, it's quite possible that there's someone out there that just absolutely loves Quentin Grimes. And Quentin, again, if Quentin Grimes balls out the rest of the year, then it's possible. That then, then it's very possible. But uh, we're talking, I, yeah. we're talking that he needs to be playing as if there's an all-star game at the end of the 82nd game for him to be talked about as maybe he'll have somewhat similar value to someone like RJ Barrett. My who's man, been play, who's been playing here. Great. You're 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 in another show. I can give you five teams that could present a better headliner in a trade than at oh, least five teams in my sleep. Absolutely. I, I we we do not disagree on that. Uh, unless absolutely. the Knicks gave up like unless you gave up like four first round picks that are unprotected, but then that that would be typical Knicks. They trade for a guy and then well, you know, we'll, we'll go right and then for you're sure screwed. Yep. That is it's textbook Knicks. Textbook for them to do something like that. Don't do please don't do Anthony Davis. Take Take your assets and and hope that someone on a team, if and, if a Rudy Gobert or a Donovan Mitchell won out of Utah, done, done. Uh, Gobert, I wouldn't touch to, to be. No, no, no. 
I wouldn't trade a ton to get Rudy Gobert. Mitchell, yes, that's a different story. And another yeah. thing that the Knicks need to learn from too is you don't trade for a guy when he's going to be a free agent at, at the end of the year. Like they did, like they did with Car. They couldn't wait for Carmelo Anthony. They just had to trade all these assets for him. Yep. And then you can't build the team. Like what? What was that? Stupidity, stupidity, and and, and the Knicks, the Knicks just could they it couldn't help themselves. They could not help themselves. Sad time, sad time in the Knicks one. Um. Let me let's just close out this Lakers discussion. Then we'll go on to the next bit of NBA news that'll be much more happier for uh, for you. Oh, I wonder. I wonder what that could be. What? Let, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll do. I'll do this. I'll do this. Let, let's let's just do a little bold prediction here. Is Anthony Davis a member of the Lakers next year? I think he is. If LeBron James is a member of the Lakers, yeah, probably the AD probably gives him another year. Is LeBron James a member of the Lakers next year? Yeah, LeBron plays for another year. Okay. And then he leaves, and he's going to go where? Does Cleveland even want him back? I mean, I don't think they do. Well, we, we've, we've, Honestly, talked, we've talked about the Cleveland I'm, connection in the past. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think it's that crazy. What if LeBron goes to the Knicks? Why not? I could kind of see it. One, one big payday. Goes to the Knicks. We'll say he could he played in the Mecca, lit up the Mecca. It's not crazy. It's not crazy. Uh-uh. And I'm sure James Dolan would love to overdraft his son if it means making LeBron happy and people happy in the stands. I, I mean, another fantasy is what if he goes to play with KD? With what available dollars? With KD and Kyle. Well, no, I mean, you would have to find the taker for Ben Simmons' contract. Oh, yeah. Don't even get me started with him at this rate, but I'm just saying, like, in, in a perfect world. Oh, oh, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, Jake has already soured on no, Ben Simmons. I'm not the soured on him. It's, it's not him. Weeks ago. It, it's not him, but it's more of the training staff. The, the, these people, I got, I'm so disgusted with the, this training staff that we have. It takes a guy gets like a, a little cut on his arm, he, he's out for three weeks. He's got to ramp up, uh, ramp up. Are but, you surprised? This is the same with every team in New York. No, we, no, we're they're the to worst. The best doctors in the fucking world. They and are we the can't worst. Employ them. No, they're the. I'm telling you, man. This this team is the. It's it's not that they don't know what they're talking about. They are just like the most cautious people. Uh, it okay, really fair, is insane. Fair. It's insane, and they tell you nothing either. That's the that's the worst part is they can't even be upfront and honest with the people. Sounds like the Yankees. Sounds a lot like the Yankees. I wonder if they have the same the same training staff. Yeah, don't even get me started. But yes, I mean, we're talking about LeBron. But in a perfect world, you would find a taker for Ben Simmons's contract, and you you have a spot, you have another max spot available for LeBron James. So, uh, one LeBron more takes thing, a max. One more thing that I wanted to ask for, before we move on to uh, talk about Kevin Durant. What, in in your estimation, right now, say let's just say it's the Celtics. Let's uh, let's just, it's the what's the spot that makes the most sense. If the Celtics were to go in and make a trade for Anthony Davis, what would that package look like to you? I would say Jalen Brown. Let's think here. Jalen Brown. How many first-round picks? Peyton Pritchard and three first-round picks. Two first-round – maybe – I would say three. That, that probably – I think three gets it done. Yeah. Three gets it done. Maybe like Robert Williams instead of Peyton Pritchard. You get it down to two. Yeah, yeah. Give him a good interior player, Jalen Brown, and then instead instead of two guards and the, and the picks, yeah, 
Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, w- I would say that, or you look at another team in the East that, that maybe might make sense, Miami. Miami makes maybe. sense. Maybe. Yeah. Because they, they, maybe, hey, you put, I mean, I don't, and maybe he may be part of the package for sure, but you're telling me you could have a front court of AD and Bam? Yeah, you'd probably have to start with like Tyler Hero. Oh, definitely. Tyler Hero, absolutely. And like, and then, Hero, yeah. He'd, and may, maybe Duncan Robinson, you put you put in there too, possibly. Yeah. I think and definitely. Then, and three first round picks. But hey, you have a front court then that has Anthony Davis and, and Bam Adebayo. Uh, who, who, who's out rebounding the, the Miami Heat at that point? Yeah, no, that that's that's scary. That's game over. That's game over. I mean, if you could potentially have J- uh, Jimmy Butler, AD, and Bam, yeah, Oof, that's that's game over for for a lot of uh, a lot of teams. And speaking of uh, game over, the absolute opposite has happened with the Brooklyn Nets. It is game back on for the Brooklyn Nets. Kevin Durant scheduled to return tomorrow night against said Miami Heat. Jake, does the season start now for Brooklyn? Season starts now. KD's back, all all will work itself out. That is the main thing. I mean, the, the damn mayor can also come in with a little bit of an assist too. I mean, how ridiculous is that rule? He's let Kyrie Irving's allowed to sit on the he's allowed to sit on the sidelines starting next week, but he's not allowed to step foot on the court. No, he he can't do that. He's at he is really risking a lot of people's health and safety not stepping foot on the court. But it's okay. He can sit a few inches away from the court or a few I don't feet. Understand rather. it. That's fine. I don't understand it. it. It makes absolutely no sense to me why someone who is a visiting player can come into the Barclays Center and play if they are not vaccinated, play, but Kyrie Irving can't. It makes it, no sense it's to me. Just, it just kind of feels like the whatever sector uh, – listen, I'm not a legal expert. It just feels like they can't really make any changes until the actual mandate is lifted. Which is supposed to be announced and it's going to be lifted on Friday. And from what I understand, it's going to be down to individual entities to decide whether or not they are going to continue with the uh, vaccination passport, vaccination mandate, whatever you want to call it. Um, And I, I would imagine venues like MSG and the Barclays Center are probably going to lift their vaccine requirements because both places are absolutely sucking wind financially with the vaccine mandate in place. You know, I've watched a ton of, I've watched basically every Ranger game this year and I can tell you there are a lot of empty seats. Yeah, and you're also paying people to enforce it too. So you don't have to pay those people anymore. And now absolutely. I, yeah, so but basically the season does start, I guess, now for Brooklyn that KD is back, but the season truly and utterly begins when Kyrie is full time to play with KD. And Ben Simmons just at this point is kind of like an added bonus. Eventually, I think he'll play, but it just kind of feels like to me that the Nets wanted to avoid this game against Philadelphia at all costs because how bad would it look that if he didn't want to play against the Sixers? That, that looks bad, where it's like, oh, he's not yeah. in shape. They needed a little bit of an excuse probably for him not to play in that game because sure. you know what I'm saying? Like maybe wait till playoffs, get a couple games under your belt, get some confidence. Like maybe Ben wasn't ready for that. I don't know. I don't really care. Just please play a pivotal role. Like he could be a 25 minute a game guy at this rate. Oh, absolutely. Can. And help this team. So I think it's, that's the bare minimum. Yeah. So at this point, uh, yeah, the season does start. 
tomorrow's game will be interesting though because the, the nets have played the heat pretty well this year without kd in the lineup and it's just crazy man how valuable this guy is to the team like they, they lost the raptors twice this week and kd took care of them single-handedly in the beginning of the year when he didn't have james harden obviously not kyrie irving at the barkley center and it was all a bunch of rookies against a, a full-fledged toronto raptors team with fred van fleet in the lineup so the guy and, and the nets were the one seed with kd gets hurt they go five and sixteen it just it's interesting because like what if the Nets like climb out of the eighth seed and they get to like the fifth or sixth seed? Is KD the MVP of the league at this rate? Like, uh, you know, I'd be probably not, but in terms of value, man, the, he is the team, and and it, it really is big that he's back, and I, I'm pumped for it, man. I really am. Yeah, he is the team. He is the team. I I think that that is probably the understatement of all understatements that he absolutely 100 is that entire franchise, and they will go as far as Kevin Durant probably takes them they need and, Kyrie too yeah you, you need the help from from Kyrie for sure but the the Nets begin and end with Kevin Durant as we have seen for the better part of the last two months that yeah. without KD they are a bang average team at best I have a bold prediction I think the Nets go to Philly and win next week with Kyrie and KD in the lineup Hell, I believe it. I mean, you have the New York fucking Knicks that are winning in Philadelphia right now. So if the Knicks think, can win in Philadelphia, anybody can win in Philadelphia. Yeah, but no, I, I think the Nets, it will be go time. Katie, Katie is ready and just the damn mayor, please. Please. Please, Mr. Adams. Please, Mr. Adams, for the sake, for the sake of Jake's well-being. Otherwise, otherwise, Jake may have a meltdown. It really is. And it's not even like, it's not even, it's just not even under, even people that are very pro vaccination and all these COVID protocols are saying that it's a ridiculous rule. That's when you know. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It, it, it's, it's stupid in one sense. And from a, I guess from an outsider's point of view and someone that would probably look at this from an economic sense, the city is losing a lot of money with this in place. And if they lift it, then there will be more people coming into the city. More people will want to stay in the city. More people will want to live in the city. And the city will be able to rebuild itself financially. That 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 is just financials purely more than anything else. It makes more sense for the city to lift it than to keep it. Now, from a public health sense, completely different story. We need an emergency podcast when this mandate is lifted. May may need to have one. May, may, may need to may have need, one. May need to have one. You know, bold prediction: Kyrie plays against the Knicks, March thirteenth. That's his debut. And, and <laughs> wouldn't that wouldn't that be fitting? And guess who will not be watching? Would it be you? It just may. It <laughs> it just may be me. <laughs> Something like that. Um, all right, so let's go and talk some March Madness, shall we? So what we're going to do is we did the same thing last week. I, I haven't wrote a column for this, so I know people are going to be a little surprised that, oh, wow, you didn't, write a, you didn't write a secondary column for this. I did not write a column for this. We are just following this up on what we talked about last week with the uh, sleeper teams for the tournament. If you missed that episode, go back and listen to it. And now we're going to be doing the teams that we think, well, not that we think, that are going to be high-seeded and we do think are going to be massive letdowns for people in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Jake, do you want to start or do you want me to start? 
you start. Um, this might be a little bit of a surprise to uh, to a bunch of people. Um, I am actually going to go for Ohio State, the Ohio State Buckeyes. And for me, this is a team that I, I, I like the pieces that they have. EJ Liddell is very, very, very good. Uh, Zed Key has been great for them this year, averaging over 55% from the floor. The problem is with them is that defensively, they are just all over the place. They lost to Nebraska Tuesday night. Last place, Nebraska in the Big Ten. Their season is over. They had nothing to play for, and they lose to Nebraska on home court. They also lose to Maryland. They get basically blown out by Maryland at Maryland, but they also have some very impressive wins with on their resume. They've beaten Indiana at home. They've beaten Michigan at Michigan. Say what you want about Michigan. They, they're, they're a good team. They're a tournament team. They've gone to Purdue. They only lost to Purdue by three when they were the number six team in, in the country. And at the time, this is way early in the season, they beat number one Duke at home. So what it means for me, to me, this is just a team that is good. They're not great. I would not be surprised in the slightest if they are a, if they be according to Joe Lenardi's uh, bracketology right now, they are a six seed and they're going up against one of my favorite teams in the tournament in Wake Forest. I would say if that is the matchup that we're talking about with Ohio State, I would take Wake Forest for an 11-6 upset right there. I probably would because Wake Forest can score with the best of them. And that is where Ohio State definitely struggles against teams that can score, especially from deep. And for for me, Ohio State is is my first one of teams that I think can can disappoint. Let me tell you something right now. I have no idea where they're going to be ranked, but based off of what this season is, you could t- you probably would know more of this. You have it up right now. Yep. I'm fading the hell out of Xavier in the tournament. Uh yep, yep. the The team that was in more than likely the game of the year. Yeah. Uh, they are they are currently projected as a nine. Dude, they are losing in the first round. I think so. They they, they I'm telling you, man. I I think so, and they're they would go up against a Colorado State team that this is according to the bracketology this is not official yet, but Colorado State in the Mountain West and and honestly the Mountain West has been fantastic. This year, you have six teams over 500 yep. in the Mountain West, and you have four teams that realistically have a real shot to be at large bids to be in this tournament. Boise, who are probably going to win the Mountain West if all pans out uh, in the Mountain West tournament, Colorado State, Wyoming, and San Diego State, who I believe should be in the tournament. Because defensively, San Diego State is the second most efficient defense in the entire country. And defense, at the end of the day, deserves a place uh, in in the tournament, maybe as a play-in. I would love to see them maybe go up against the Rutgers. San Diego State versus Rutgers would be a great, great game. Go ahead. Let let me give you a top-ranked team that I think will be a a bracket buster. I'm not loving Oregon. I'm not loving the momentum heading into the tournament. Not Oregon, excuse me. Auburn. Mm. I'm not loving. I don't know why I said Oregon, <laughs> but I don't love them either, just for what it's worth. But 
I'm not loving Auburn, especially lose, losing to Tennessee. On, and also, like, an eye-popping stat was, too. Like, I think they were out-rebounded. Um, let me check here. Out-rebounded 54-31, to 31 too, for a team that's a big front line in, in uh, Auburn. And I don't know, man. Just teams, for me, that I pick at the end of March Madness – it's not necessarily the whole season sample size that I go off of. I kind of look at, I think the last two weeks leading up to the tournament are pretty vital because if a team is playing their worst basketball, which I think Auburn is right now, it's not going to fare well in March, in my opinion. And I just, they, they just don't have, and in years past, Auburn has been very good to people in the tournament. They usually do go on a nice little run. I believe, what was it? I think it was last year, the year before they, what year did they go to the, uh, I think it was the Elite Eight they went to. That was... I think it might have been... It, w- it was fairly recently. It was. Um, oh, hold on. I'll get that information for you in a sec. Auburn Elite Eight. That was... It was 2020. Yeah. Exactly. So, they've been... Uh, the, the program history is on their or side. Or 2019, but... excuse me. 2020 it... was the cancel tournament year. Gotcha. So, yeah, I, I just don't think they had the momentum heading into March, and that's never a good sign. Uh, I think they have pretty good odds, too, to win the title. I think they, they, they're they definitely, like, in the top. They're top five. They're top, they're top they might five be, like, the three or thing. four. But, yeah, man, they're, what, are, what are they projected as right now? A two seed, probably? They are projected as a, if I can get there. They're projected as a two. Yep. That's the typical team. Like, I'm not saying they're going to lose to a 15, but – I'm just saying, like, that's a team that would bust a lot of people's brackets, in my I opinion. Agree. I agree completely, and and I, I think you hit the nail on the head with what you, what you said before. You need to be on somewhat of a roll at the end of the regular season, going through your conference championships, and then going into the tournament. You need to be having some sort of consistency, some sort of, some sort of positives there. And with Auburn at the moment, there aren't really a lot. They've lost their last three on the road. So Arkansas, Florida, and Tennessee, they are on the road against Mississippi State tonight at 9 o'clock. We're recording this on Wednesday. You'll be hearing this on Thursday. To me, the Mississippi State game is huge for them just to kind of get something going. They, they then have South Carolina on Saturday at home to close out their SEC regular season. For me with Auburn, it comes down to Jabari Smith. Jabari Smith has got to be better. And we're talking about him potentially as a number one pick in the NBA draft. It's him or Chet Holmgren. And for me, based on, well, I I wouldn't say based on the last month, because for me all along, it's been Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren is, he's a different level of player for me. You know, I like is the guy from Kentucky, oddly enough. Oh, um, Oscar. Yes, I can't, I can't say his his last name. Hold I don't on. know what the projections are for the NBA draft, but it's kind of nice. I'm just putting it out there. Knicks. It is. Knicks. Oscar Chishbiwe, I think, I think is how you say it. It was terrible. I apologize for that, that pronunciation. That's just awful. Um, please, God, no. Please, God, no. Hope, hopefully, hopefully the lottery gods will be nice to the Knicks so we can get Chet Holmgren. We can check. Swear, swear to God, if Chet Holmgren becomes a New York Nick, you'll you'll never see me happier in my life. But knowing the Knicks, knowing the Knicks, they'll draft. They'll draft. They'll go to Kentucky. They'll go to Kentucky. 
or somebody talking or or somebody from Dayton or somebody from Dayton. Exactly. Um, next one for me, I'm going with the team that just lost. Actually, I was I was going to say them, but they actually just lost on Wednesday. They lost 87 71 to unranked Texas A&M. That's Alabama. And to me, this is another team that is just very hot and cold. They live and they die by the three ball. And that's a problem going into March, where if you have a team that is so reliant on three-point shooting, to me, that just it doesn't hang up, especially when you get you go up against better teams that know how to defend the perimeter in March. And for them, it really their offense runs through their guards, Javon Quinterly and Jaden Shackelford. That is how their offense just kind of ticks. And you take away that. Alabama are real, they're a real tricky team to analyze right now. I, I'm hoping with the loss to AM, maybe Alabama gets bumped down a little bit. Right now, they're projected as a five to play the winner of the 12 seed playing game. I'm hoping, I'm hoping. They get bumped down a little bit, but even let's let's just say that even they get bumped down to where Joe Lenardi has them in his uh, bracket right now. Say Alabama gets bumped down to a seven, and Alabama has to play Davidson, who are one of my favorite sleeper teams. Talk about them I, I like last Davidson. week. I love Davidson. I mean, I would take Davidson over Alabama in in a heartbeat, but they are very similar. I think Davidson and Alabama. I think that they actually match up pretty well. You brought up three-point shooting. Whenever I think of three-point shooting now, you know what I always think of? The one year where I had Wofford going for the tournament. I was like the only kid. The only one. That? Yeah, of course I do. Of course I do. Because three-point shoot, to me, I think I, I'm, I'm a little opposite. I kind of like teams that live and die off the three in March because when it gets going, it gets going. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Sure. It makes it exciting. And Makes that's what Wofford was that year, and that's why I because I knew that they could drain three. So I'm like, all right, well, what what if one game it's working? And it, it did. <laughs> so it worked. It worked out. Uh, yeah. Jake, another one, please. Yeah, for me, this is another unpopular one because every year I seem to project them going far, and that's the Wisconsin Badgers. To me, an overrated team. The thing with them, though, that kind of concerns me, that definitely concerns me, is their lack of scoring. I mean, shooting, what is it here, 42% from feet, from the field yep. as a team that's dead last in the Big Ten, and they only average 70.9 a game. I, I can't think of too many. Like, that is horrible, dude. It is. Like, putrid. Where, where are they ranked right now is the uh, – if, if then today, according to Lenardi. They are number three seed right now. Bro. They are number three who, seed, but and who I, would they play in the first in the first game? They would play Texas State, who I do I do like Texas State a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get like, but w- w- would it surprise me? No, no, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I think with them, their biggest thing at the moment is going to be how they fare in the Big Ten tournament. If they can win the tournament, they'll be they'll be a top three seed. I don't, think, I, I, I don't think there'll don't be a three seed in, in this dude, tournament, but dude, the big 10 is loaded. The big 10 is absolutely loaded. I'm not going to include Michigan state. not going to include Rutgers, not going to include Michigan, not going to include Ohio state, but Iowa who are one of the hottest teams in the country right now. And that's great going into the conference tournament and great going into March. Purdue who are, I, 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 love, yeah, Purdue. I love Purdue, love Purdue. 
Illinois with Kofi Coburn, who in my estimation may just be maybe a top three player in the country with Smith and uh, Chet Holmgren. So you have any, you have four teams that probably realistically could win the big 10 and, and then who knows what happens with the other four that I mentioned, Ohio state, Michigan state, Rutgers, Michigan. Yeah, like Wisconsin, I remember – I think back to the game in the beginning of the month where they beat Penn State. They scored like 50 points. Do you remember that? Because I bet on Wisconsin that day too. Of course they do. They beat, they beat Penn State 51-49. to 49. Like, bro. 51-49. They're brutal. I think they're pretty up there too with title odds as well. They are. Now, when I checked like last week maybe, I think they were like – I don't want to say top five. I, they were definitely in like the top 15. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would imagine that, that – that they but are and overrated in my opinion as hell. Like I agree. Three seed that is, and they have the man who makes this really go for for Wisconsin, Johnny Davis. I I've watched him enough, where I mean he averages twenty a game, but that's I, it. For me them. personally, I don't see it. Well, yeah, and, and they're shooting 42 percent is horrific, dude. It's horrific. No, it's very bad. That's the worst in the Big Ten as well. It's not like, you know, that there's worst team. That is the worst shooting team in their conference. When have you seen the worst shooting team in a conference go on a deep run in the tournament? Not very often. So they're an easy fade for me. Yeah, I, I think it's another very, very, very good shout. Um, I'm going to give one more here for me, and I'm going to actually go for – I'm going to. I got a question too when you're done. Shoot. Oh, okay, when, I, when you, I'm done. Are you on. concerned about Kansas? Hmm. Because yeah, I, 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 I wasn't high I, on Baylor uh, the whole year either, so. I'm not crazy about Baylor. I'm not crazy about Kansas either, but am I concerned about them? No. I think the, the, the TCU loss Tuesday night was a little blip uh, for, for Kansas. I mean, TCU are a tournament team, so – you know, I'm not going to say that TCU are scrubs by any means. TCU, are, are, they're going to be in the tournament. So am I going to say that the Kansas, that I'm concerned about them? No. No. And, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're going back. I mean, they, they have a back-to-back versus TCU. Uh, they play TCU tomorrow night, Thursday. I would not be surprised if they were to beat TCU at home by 20. I, I really wouldn't be shocked. So take the see, spread. Yeah, to answer to answer your question, Jake, I, I'm I'm not I'm not particularly concerned about about Kansas personally. I I, I don't love Baylor either. I mean, for me, my team in the Big Twelve is Texas Tech. I, I absolutely love Texas Tech. Do I think that Texas Tech is better than Kansas? No. Do I think Texas Tech is level with Baylor? Yeah, I do. I think Texas Tech is just as good as Baylor. And it would it would not surprise me if there was some crazy shit that could potentially happen where Texas Tech wins the Big 12. Like, I don't think they're going to win a regular season title. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But if you tell me that Texas Tech is winning the Big 12 tournament, I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. All right, so my, my last one, uh, definitely a maybe an unpopular one, um, but I'm going to go with UCLA. And I know all all the all the hype around uh, Johnny Juzang and and what a good player he is. And he's a good player. I'm not, not going to say he's not, but to me, 
UCLA are they're they're a one trick pony. They beat teams they're supposed to beat, and then they lose to teams that are equal, if not better than them. Look at their results. I'm just gonna point out the the losses. They beat Arizona at home, which is which is fine. But they the, the reverse fixture against Arizona, they lose by ten. They lose two in-state rivals USC at USC, and then they play USC Saturday night, which is going to be a fantastic game at UCLA. Lost to Oregon at Oregon. Lost to Oregon at home. So that Oregon did the sweep on them. They've beaten Colorado at home, which I, that's, that's a good win. That's a good win because Colorado are a good team. They did the double for Colorado. But to me, I look at this UCLA team – and there's just something missing with them. I, I can't put a finger on it as to what it is. But I to me, I look at the Pac-12 as well. And I see I see USC, who I think USC are better than them. I know a lot of people are very like, hot and cold on USC. I'm one of them. But I think USC are better than them. And then to me, one of my favorites, who I may actually pick to win the tournament. I'm not exactly sure yet. I think it really depends on how they fare. Um, in the uh, in the Pac-12 tournament is Arizona, who I absolutely love. Let, let me give you a sleeper team to win the tournament. I know we did it last week. Yeah, sure. I'm just saying, don't sleep on the Duke Blue Devils. I I couldn't sleep on Duke. I was I was gonna pick them for this, but at the same time, you know, with the whole Cinderella story around Coach K, his final tournament. They're going on a run. They're going on a run. Yeah, Yeah. they're going on a run. It just depends if it it will last or not, but they will be going on a run. I think so. I think so. I I don't think it's a, yeah, that's a bad shot at all. And then you, yeah, they've been, they've been great. They've been great. I mean, I've, I've bet on them three times and I've (laughs) lost three of their four losses and then cheer up, cheer up because you know why Kentucky will get bounced early and coach Cal will take over for Tom Thibodeau at the end of, the college basketball season and go oh, fuck and no. save the Knicks Kentucky to win the tournament please give give coach Cal a lifetime contract keep him away please God so if, if so if coach Cal comes back to be the to be the head coach of the Knicks does that mean the Knicks are going to trade a first round pick to Atlanta for Kevin Knox oh they'll get the band back together <laughs> get the well Anthony Davis then together. makes a ton of sense well, it does it, uh, yeah, it, it, you know it, what? You're right, though. The ne- you think the next would say no to Anthony Davis? If Anthony Davis tomorrow said, "Hey, I want to come to, I want to come to New York. I want to play at Madison Square Garden," I tell you right now, the Knicks, there is no fucking chance the Knicks will say no to that. Yeah, they'll they'll hand over the keys to the goddamn garden. They'll be like, "Here you go, Janine Bus. There you go. There you go." But K- Kentucky are are are. are Kentucky are the ones that you are uh, that you're that you're down on. No, I I, I kind of like Kentucky, but I'm saying for the Knicks' sake, you know, for you, I know you want to be happy. I am looking out for your happiness right now. You're a dick. I am looking. Uh, you know, you I, don't say I, ever, I never did anything for you. I'm looking out for your happiness. Hopefully, Kentucky gets bounced early and things don't go well with, with Coach Cal. Jake, real that quick, is, I'm I'm into that ask is you, so is, kind. Go fuck is, yourself. Is Iona Elg- Is Iona making the tournament this year? Rick Pitino. Uh, no, no, they're not. No, I can, I can have a look. I, 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 so Iona right now are one of the last four in. 
something about them. <laughs> something about Rick. Rick Pitino is a great coach, man. Well, if Iona, if Iona win the Mac, they'll have to win the Mac in order to get it, which they could. There is like their only real competition in the Mac is probably St. Peter's. Another sleeper team that I like a lot. Told you, I told you about them on Saturday. Seton Hall. Hmm. Hmm. Bold prediction. I think they win the Big East tournament. Wow. Wow. Bold, I mean, you're... bold, bold prediction. And I know you were a big fan of, your, betting... uh, of your Huskies. Your Huskies right now are uh, not doing so good. They're down 14 to, uh, to Creighton. Well, unfortunately, the St. John's Red Storm just caused me so much pain. I have to find other Big East teams <laughs> to bowl for. Hey, you and uh, you, you and Matt can have a, ni- a nice discussion about uh, about St. John's and, and the uh, and, and the pro- and, f- and the problems that they give you. And fuck Villanova too. I hope they get bounced early. <laughs> I hate Gillespie. I hate Jay Wright and his stupid suits. <laughs> oh, I love Jay Wright. That's 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 a host, that's oh, a Hofstra fan favorite. Him, him and Dabo Sweeney. Oh my my least favorite college coaches. Uh, all they do, all they do, is complain. Dabo, I, I, I say this with literally all, all the sincerity in my heart. Dabo can well and truly go fuck himself. <laughs> He's such a pompous ass. I, I can't. So I is so is Jay Wright. Jay, Jay Wright is a Hofstra legend. I, I, I can't, I can't go against my alma mater. Come on now. It's like if, if there was if there's someone if there's someone famous that commits a crime and their alma mater is, Su- is SUNY purchase, you're gonna turn your back on them? Maybe, yes. <laughs> Maybe and no, yeah. but let me ask you, let me ask you, is Juwan Howard coaching in the tournament, by yes. the way? Yep. Oh, so he's not really suspended at all. <laughs> like, no, he's he he's he's taking he's getting a nice rest before the tournament. He'll be nice back rest before the tournament. He's they might they might rally around Juwan Howard, honestly, in the tournament. I think they're going to. I think they're going to, and that at that's what does scare me is that there is there is well and truly the possibility that well that that Michigan could go on a little bit of a run in uh in this tournament and I will just be I'll be sick I'll be sick to my stomach because because well fuck Michigan uh all right March Bad discussion is done with um please make sure of course to uh stay in touch with the uh, podcast because we will be, of course, doing our picks for uh, March Madness within the next two weeks. We will be doing a bracket show. Adam and I will be analyzing the bracket as it is right after the selection show on Selection Sunday. And then Jake and I will be doing a bracket show where we go through the entire bracket and make our picks. So make sure you subscribe and that those episodes will be immediately in your inbox. All right, Jake, it's time. Time for top five. Today's subject matter is the top five quarterbacks of all time. This is going to cause a lot of controversy, and I am all here for it. So, who went first last week? Was it me or was I it? I did, I did, I did. Okay, so uh, I'll go first this week. Uh, number five, I went with Drew Brees. 
Number five, I went with Brett Favre. That's a good shot. Good shot. I can't. You Hold I, on. How, how can you be a top five of all time and never win an MVP? Did he even get a vote for an MVP, Drew Brees? Um, I think he did. I, I think he's gotten a vote. Gotten a I know vote Russell for, Wilson's never gotten a vote. Russell Wilson famously has never, has never gotten a vote for uh, – for for MVP, uh, but he's won a Super Bowl. He's won a Super Bowl. That, that that does that does count in my estimation, and he holds a shit ton of NFL records. So that that does count. Uh, number four for me, I've gone with Peyton Peyton Manning. I got Peyton Manning as well. Beautiful. So that is that is what we can agree on. Yay. Uh, number three, I have gone with the bad no. man. Listen, I'm I'm the biggest fan of Aaron Rodgers there is. He's not a top five quarterback. No, in no way, no how. No, first of all, you you don't have Johnny Unitas on this list. Um, see, okay, the way I put my list together would be quarterbacks that I have been able to diagnose and see play myself. Okay, well, all right, that's fair. But like, Johnny Unitas I, I dominated the whole. I cannot say that yeah. I like as I, I guess as uninformed as this may sound. I am not the one that's going to go back and watch Johnny Unitas reels. Like I have watched Johnny Unitas. I have seen my fair share of Johnny Unitas, but I can confidently say for the maybe 10 hours of Johnny Unitas that I have watched maybe in my life, I have seen a thousand hours of Aaron Rodgers. And for me, Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback I've ever laid my eyes on. I got news for you. I can listen. I, you won't find a bigger Aaron Rodgers fan than me and Devonte Adams. Brett Favre is a better quarterback than, as of right now, all time than Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion. Mm. That's uh, that's a debate that we'll have. We'll have. We'll most certainly we'll, we'll have, have to have. say. But you, Brett Favre has to be higher up in the uh, rankings at, at this moment than Aaron Rodgers. See, I, I, they have the same. They had the same amount of Super Bowls, so that takes that out of the equation. Who's been? Who would you say, in in your estimation, has been more successful for the Green Bay Packers? Would you say Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre? Brett Favre. I would say Aaron Rodgers. That is, I can debate no, you to the end of time. End of time on this one. Yeah, this is this, this is this is no disrespect. The touchdown record at the time, obviously now that's been broken, but for yeah, a long time broken. it was Brett. Also, the most underrated stat ever in football history: the, the streak. Yep, that's fair. That's fair. A- Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has missed his fair share of games in his career. Yep. That's true, and I love Aaron too. It's not even like I, I like I love Aaron Rodgers. You you know this, like I love but Brett Favre, and who's done, and who's had better teams too with the Green Bay Packers? It's definitely been Aaron Rodgers. It's, I tell you right been, now, it's been Rodgers. It's Brett been Favre Rogers. never had Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Devonta. Uh, he never had a receiver like Devontae Adams. I'll tell you that much. I mean, he did. He did have Donald Driver. I mean, let's let's, let's, oh, let's not say a Donald was, Driver was, was not that. I mean, yes, he's he, done Devontae he, Adams, but he, I mean, come on. Would Donald Driver have had a great career without Brett Favre? Are we sure of that? I'm fairly certain he would have had a very good career without Brett Favre slinging that thing around. I'm, we, we, even when he was covered, I'm that's fairly thing to certain. The interceptions, but to me, I think the interception is the most overrated stat in all. Of Sports history. I think the oh, interception. Good. Oh, good. So Tony Romo's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I, I like Tony Romo, but he Before throws we... he throws bad interceptions. Though. I listen. Favre, obviously, the most fa- against the Giants, that was a bad intercept. But Romo threw a lot of bad ones. That is That's the fair. thing. That is 
Like, I think the interceptions over – and I like Tony Romo, too. I think he, he gets a lot of slack. He was a, a really, really good quarterback. I think he gets – he might be the most underrated quarterback of my generation. <laughs> if, you, if you really want to get honest here about Tony Romo, I just think Smart that man. because of the team he played on and the scrutiny he was under with Dallas – and also Tony Romo too got killed behind those Dallas offensive lines that nobody really seems to remember. By the time they fixed that offensive line, Romo's back yeah. was already out. It didn't even Doug, matter at that point. Doug Free at left tackle. Please God, I would never love to see, never want to see that again. Um, this actually just came through to me, I, and I, I've been looking for it to see if it is confirmed, and I haven't seen anything of it. Um, so take this with a grain of salt. But apparently, uh, the Pelicans have ruled out Zion Williamson for the rest of the regular season. Really. Yes. Interesting. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. I have not seen this confirmed, so take it with a grain of salt, but that is what a source just texted me. So take that for what you will. Uh, number two for me, I have gone with Joe Montana. Montana. Oh, I did give you – we get your number three. I apologize. Johnny Nice. Oh, it is Johnny Nice. Okay. All right, I, was, I wasn't sure. And I believe that we are going to have the save two and one. So, yeah, Montana and and then one, James Winston. Were... <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, uh, Tony Romo. No, no, wait, sorry. Uh, Roger Staubach. There we go. Roger Staubach, number one, greatest of all time. No, it is, of course, uh, Mr. Brady. Mr. Brady. Um, I guess we can kind of have this discussion um i had texted you something yesterday tuesday i was on a podcast with adam and adam made me ask you the question and i'm going to ask you the question here and you're going to have a chance to rebuttal with this one because adam was not too happy with you oh okay when the question was asked of if tom brady was to sign with the new york jets would you forgive all of his woes, all, all the hardship that he has done to your organization in his quest to win a Super Bowl for you, potentially winning a Super Bowl? <laughs> yes. I mean, what is this? Uh, yes. That's exactly what I said. Of course. Le- legitimately exactly what I said. Like, I believe what I said on yes on Tuesday's program was I said if I needed – if it came down to – Tony Romo would not win a championship, but Eli Manning were to come in and make it and throw a touchdown to win the Cowboys a Super Bowl, and Romo would not get a ring, and Eli would get one more ring, given all the heartbreak that he has caused me in my life, all the pain and all the suffering. Would I be okay with that if it means the Dallas Cowboys win a championship with Eli Manning? That sentence sounds terrible coming out, but yes, I would be fucking thrilled. I get. I got to be honest with you. I'm not one of those Jet fans that, like, obviously I kind of resent Tom Brady. How can you not? But it just got to a point where it was kind of earlier on for me where I had this hatred for Brady. But then after a while, it's just like, guy's over 40 years old doing this. You know what I'm saying? Where if you've played competitive sports at any point in your life, you just have to sit back and just say, wow, like, we're never going to see a guy like this ever again. And it's not like it's not like the Jets were really any good where – oh, he took rings off of our fingers. It wasn't like it was like that. It wasn't like we were – you think of some teams that fell short in the Super Bowl, for instance, that Philadelphia Eagles team with Terrell Owens. That was a great team that just didn't win because of Brady. Or, you know, unfortunately, Matt Ryan probably Maybe. deserved the Super Bowl at some point in his career. 
maybe the Eagles didn't win because of the shortcomings of McNabb, but that's an entirely different. No, that, that's not. That day. team was loaded. Brian Westbrook, Terrell. That Rick team was loaded. That, that team was Brian absolutely loaded. Dawkins, but, come on, man. But what, I, what I am also, I am also in the camp of Donovan McNabb, maybe one of the most overrated quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. No, I think he's an underrated quarterback, actually. But we, we. We, we could, I think uh, he is extremely overrated, but then again, it might see, be my, my disdain for the Philadelphia Exactly. Years. Like, well, where's your objectivity here? I can give you my objectivity. Michael Vick is an outstanding quarterback. That's I love e- him. That's, that's easy love to say. Him. That's easy to say because he's a Falcon at the end of the day, not an Eagle. Okay, Terrell Owens was a fantastic receiver. I played for the Cowboys. Terrell Owens. He played for the Cowboys. Brian Dawkins is a hell of a safety. Okay, well, that's like a safety. That's like me saying... Uh, let's think of something here. Matthew Slater is a hell of a gunner in his prime. Yay. (laughs) In his prime. LaShawn McCoy was unbelievable in Philadelphia. There's my objectivity. Well, that that's like, what about quarterbacks though? Like where's your, where's your objectivity for quarterbacks? Can you say you was a hell of a quarterback? (laughs) You didn't even see him play and you're, (laughs) you're a squad. He's a hell of a quarterback. Nick, Nick falls. He's blessed. Yeah. He's blessed. <laughs> there. You want my objectivity? There it is. As far as you're going to get. For, a guy that was good for two months. Fuck Deshaun Jackson. There we go. Back to the status quo. Uh, Jake, anything else you would like? To, oh, let me just read the top five. I know we didn't read those last week, and there are people who are a little annoyed that I didn't read them. So apologies to those people. Uh, Jake, his top five. Brady at one. Montana at two. United at three. Peyton Manning at four. Brett Favre at five. Bird, Drew Brees at five, Peyton Manning at four, Aaron Rodgers at three, Joe Montana at two, Tom Brady at one. Jake, any final thoughts, sir? Let's go Nets. Tomorrow <laughs> night. Let's go Colby. Thursday night. It's going to be a hell of a time. At and, by, the... and by the way. Yeah, go ahead. Got a little bit of an inkling here. Okay. I think we see Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz three in 2023. Ooh. Interesting. Connor Connor McGregor actually was a, a rumored buyer of Chelsea Football Club, the club that is being sold by Roman Abramovich. I don't know if you uh, you heard. Yeah, Connor is a big fan of the football. He is. He is. He is. He is Manchester United scum, but he he is a big fan. He is a big fan. Well, you know, you and Kroenke can uh, figure that one out yourselves. Kroenke can go Arsenal. Fu- <laughs> Kroenke can go fuck himself. Ars- fucking prick. I think you're the only Arsenal fan that I know. To be honest with you. Oh, there are a lot of them. I, I, I do I do know my fair share. I do know my fair share. So I, I am not miserable. Uh, but I do I do know my fair share of uh, of Manchester City, Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea, Manchester United. I, I, I know my fair share. If I had to pick a soccer team, let me think of ones that I actually know for a second. Um what team did David Beckham play on again? Manchester the Galaxy, United, right? I thought it was oh. the Galaxy. Oh, the Galaxy. Yeah, well, in MLS he did. MLS, he did, but David Beckham played for the Galaxy. He played for PSG. Well, he played for Manchester United. He played for AC Milan. He played for Real Madrid. I'm not a big fan of Ronaldo. I think he's kind of a tool. Oh, I love him. You like Ronaldo. that guy? I love him. I love the man. You like that guy? See! That's yeah, a no. guy. I don't know. He's kind of. See, you don't know about the thing he does? He does a little no, twirl. Does a little I, twirl I, and boom. I, I, see. I, shit. I like that guy, Neymar, though. I saw I, that guy. Is... Neymar's fly. Neymar's quite fly. Yeah, man. But, but Beckham. He doesn't play. He doesn't play Neymar. He doesn't. He, doesn't, he very rarely plays. He's hurt a lot. He's hurt a yeah. lot. And go watch. Uh, if you need someone to watch, next next young king, 
uh, Killian Mbappe. Couldn't, wouldn't be able to tell him if he was right <laughs> next to me right now. Killian Mbappe is, is, is the next, is the next king, the next king. Go. He's going to sign with Real Madrid. How old is Beckham now? Beckham is in his forties. He Dude, is he very much, great. very much retired. <laughs> he looks absolutely stunning as usual. And he is the owner of Inter Miami now. I'm starting to get into F1 a little bit, just so you know. Oh, there watching, we go. I, I start watching uh, Learn to Drive or whatever it is on Netflix. Oh, Drive to Survive. Drive to Survive, whatever it it's is. Fantastic. Fantastic. Who, yeah. who, who's your driver of choice? Who, who, who are we feeling? I would have to go with Lewis Hamilton. Oh, that's a great choice. <laughs> I'd have to go choice. Hamilton. I'm not a big fan of the guy that just won. Verstappen? No, fuck Verstappen. Max was, yeah. yeah. Fuck him. Fuck yeah, I'm him. not. I'm not. Yeah, he, he kind of gives me off those like douchebag like. Yes. Yeah, yes. I'm not a very big fan. douchey vibes. Very, very, very douchey. Vibes. Vibes. But F1 is fuck on the rise, man. To be honest, a lot of people love F1. Yes, a lot of people love F1, myself included. I, I am up on Sundays during the season, and we are we're two weeks away from the season. From F1, yeah. Yeah, we're two weeks away. Two Sundays away from the from the start. Well, three if we're including this Sunday. What time does F1 even go on in the morning? Uh, so it, it, it depends. It depends on where the race is. If it's, if it's like Eastern Europe, you have like 7am starts, but if it's like mainland Europe, like England, Germany, Spain, it's like eight or nine. Gotcha. Eight or nine on Sundays. You not up that early on Sundays, but. Oh, I make sure I'm up. I make sure I'm up because odds are. Odds are I'm I'm gonna be up anyway watching watching Arsenal or watching some sort of football. So uh, I I usually am up anyway to uh, to watch to watch F1 and then and then when when you have F1 in the fall, I'm up early on Sundays anyway doing fantasy stuff. So yeah, fall I'm up. Fall I get up earlier. Have to have to come on. You got to set your lineups. You need you need all the time. You need all the time to set those lineups. As if the previous six days weren't weren't enough, weren't oh enough time. God, I can't and, wait. To, I, I really don't want fantasy to come back, but I am excited for another season of To the Mailbag. Mailbag. That is yeah. it. That is it for the Basic Talk podcast. For Jake, I'm Bird. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye bye. <laughs>